Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Joyce Barry and Friends, the number one worldwide radio show. The show's outrageous and it's contagious. It will lift your spirits high, you'll feel that you can fly. Transform your attitude, fill it with gratitude. Cut loose and improvise, it's coaching time today. Joyce is a great coach with an extraordinary approach. Fast on the upbeat, top of the heap. A wild motivator, great stimulator. Unstoppable in a humoristic way. Life lessons with passion, joyfully today. You want Joyce as your coach if you want this to be your best year ever. Coach Joyce here. I want this to be your best year ever. I want this to be the best year ever for Beverly Nadler and Judy Wyman. Uh, Judy Wyman Werner. I have to get used to that name. Judy Wyman Werner. All our friends and family, all your friends and family, and we want this to be the best year ever for all our friends and family worldwide. Welcome to Joyce Barry and Friends. We are broadcasting live across America and around the world. This is the Hour to Empower, with stimulating talk, views you can use, memorable quotes, and powerful life lessons. We always have hot guests and cool topics. We even have cool guests and hot topics. You always want to tune us on, tune in, and tune up with us to hear the best of the best. You do not want to miss any of our shows. Each show goes into our archives. Log into Joyce Barry and Friends.com, Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, and you will see each guest and each topic on our homepage. You can play and download any of our shows, always informative, inspiring, and motivational. You want to share these special shows with your friends, family, and contacts. You can follow us on Facebook and become a Joyce Barry subscriber and even a fan by going to our Joyce Barry and Friends fan page. Be sure to check like. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us by going to our Blog Talk Radio homepage and clicking follow right below my picture. You can also message me in any of these venues about our show, about our guests, about anything. My official website is JoyceBarry.com, Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E. The chat room is open. Log into the chat room, have fun, and chat away. I go back and forth into the chat room during the show to see what is going on in there. Motivation, inspiration, and an education. Positive, happy thoughts to improve your life, health, and finances. Take positive actions to create a gratifying lifestyle. Life lessons from me, your host, Joyce Barry, straight from the Coach's Corner, and then you will hear from our wonderful guest today. Folks, every day should be treated like a special day. We wish you the finest of friends, the opulence of opportunities, the magic of miracles, and the happiest of days. May this year be your best year ever. Welcome to our show today. It is about the power of acknowledgement. It is a special tribute to Michael Wyman. The power of acknowledgement is the key to making people feel special and creating awesome relationships. This show is a tribute to Michael Wyman, master of acknowledgement, whose purpose in life was to inspire and empower people to be their very best. Michael Wyman passed on March 24, 1999. Today, Michael's sister Judy 
Beverly Nadler, and Coach Joyce Barry, that's me, will share how Michael lives on in our hearts and in our lives. He is one of a kind, and no doubt the world would be a better place if there were more people like Michael Wyman. I just want to say this probably will be the most difficult show for me to get through because my love for Michael is so profound so awesome the difference he made in my life that if I can get through this show without uh, sobbing away it'll truly truly be a miracle so without further ado first let me introduce to you Michael Wyman's sister Mike uh, that would be Judy Wyman Wexler Judy I am so thrilled that you could join us today oh it's a pleasure to be here it's Werner <laughs> what, what did I say Excellent, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, Judy Wyman Werner. Correct, yeah. Oh, I got it, I got it, okay. As I said, it's a difficult show for me because, like everyone else, many of my relatives have passed, my parents have passed, ex-boyfriends have passed, friends have passed, but no one stays with me on a daily basis like your brother Michael. Uh, we were not in any kind of... Uh, say sexual relationship or loving the loving relationship was all on a spiritual level we were that connected but it was strictly spiritual and loving and beautiful before we come back to you judy let me just bring on beverly nadler who at the time that i was very close to michael i introduced him to beverly and beverly what was your special connection to michael when I met Michael, I immediately had this feeling that he was a very unique person. I didn't really know anything about him except that he was one of your dearest friends. But the immediate feeling of connecting with him and the feeling that he exudes uh, to everyone is that you are an important and special person. That's the feeling that everyone got when they were in the presence of Michael. It was always a pleasure when we got together. Uh, Michael, you, I just loved the experiences. And when he passed, it was very, very shocking to me. I actually was out of town lecturing. And uh, the suddenness, I have to say this, for the person who passes, suddenness is better. For the people they leave behind, it's hard. And I'm so glad that you and his sister, Judy, have had the opportunity to communicate with him. It gives such a wonderful feeling to know that we can communicate with people who are on the other side. And it helps people to realize that there really is another side. Very well stated, Beverly. You are absolutely right indeed. I'm going to go backwards, and then we'll hear from Judy about her connection to Michael and the afterlife as well. But I'm going to go backwards because I want to make the point how truly special and unique he was. When he passed, there was a service uh, in a synagogue. It was a rather big synagogue, as I recall. It was standing room only. I never saw anything like this. I remember people standing around the wall. I remember that people flew in from anywhere when they heard of his passing. And like Beverly said, when he was with you, uh, you felt that deep connection. You felt your specialness. He would stand close, look right into your eyes, and the world didn't even exist. It was just the two of you. It was so pure. And um, it was just so moving because everyone that got up to speak, and there were many, many typical services, a handful of people will get up, but many, many people got up. And I took on the role of the MC, not the religious part, but bringing people up. Uh, to speak about Michael, and everyone said Michael was my best friend. He literally made you feel that way, like no one else existed. So I just want to share, we're not just talking about uh, uh, some ordinary person. Michael was beyond extraordinary. Okay, let me start with you, Judy. Uh, growing up, were you guys close? I know you're very close in the afterlife. Were you very close uh, in, when you were young and growing up together? 
Well, we were the typical older brother, younger sister. He teased me to to no end, and uh, I was the annoying little sister. But we had such a close bond. Um, we, I, I helped him learn how to dance. He was dancing with a door before I came along, and he used me as his little dance partner. But he um, defended my honor of when a teenage boy called me a name, and he said, what did he say? I told him. The next day, the boy said, why did you tell your brother? And the boy had a black eye. And my brother, if, if you remember, was peaceful, so peaceful, he would never even hurt a fly. But when my honor was... Uh, on the line, he defended me. So he was my knight in shining armor. And as we went through the years with difficult years with parents' divorce and um, uh, illnesses in the family, he he was my best friend. And I know everybody says that, and it's such a blessing to be able to say that about my, my brother. So... Judy, I love that story because Michael was the most gentle soul there was. So as he was saying it, I was smiling and picturing him doing that because it's so out of character for him. It wasn't like someone ready to take someone on. So for him, that really is a statement of his uh, caring for you. Was it was uh, amazing? I was mortified at the time, but looking back on it, it was beautiful. And I know he was very close to your mom. He spoke about you and your mom a lot. I, I oh, do yeah. know that. I guess your dad either passed earlier on or maybe they were divorced. I really don't know. Yeah, my dad um, just he passed two years before my brother. So oh. Um, oh. it was very close, yeah. And uh, the one thing at uh, my father's funeral that my brother said, because he always wanted hugs from my dad, and my dad was a sort of a World War II stoic guy, and he didn't like to do that. But my brother always made him hug him and say, Dad, tell me how much you love me. <laughs> and anyway, at my dad's funeral, my brother made everybody turn to the person next to them and give hugs and pass them along. And it was just, it was really beautiful. That is so, Michael, and yes, he was a hugger, absolutely, and probably the best hugger as he was the best in the power of acknowledgement. Beverly, when you met Michael, so you knew instantly we weren't dealing with just a regular person. I know you knew that. Absolutely. I knew that he had a special quality that is actually rare, it's it's rare in this world because so so many things happen to people that um, just gloss over the the trueness, the the real nature, the the self, the kindness because of pain that they suffer. But whatever was going on in Michael's life, he never allowed anything to interfere with his unconditional love of everyone, everyone that he knew. And I think, I don't know, but I would say that if he had any enemies, um, he would send them unconditional love also, because that was his nature. Yes, absolutely. Let me just share briefly how I met Michael. My very first experience, you shared yours, and how you immediately knew we're dealing with an extraordinary person. I was assisting at something called actualizations. It was a workshop led by Stuart Emery and Carol Augustus. And when I went to report to my very first night of assisting to the room where we gathered, uh, in comes Michael, who I, I didn't know who he was. We were just waiting for the meeting to start before the actual workshop would start. We'd have an assistance meeting. And Michael walked over to me. We never saw each other before. He looked in my eyes and he said to me, I'm going to put you in charge of sales and enrollments because there was tables at these events where people can go up on a break and sign up for another course or buy a book. And I was stunned. We never even spoke. We didn't even have a sentence of conversation. And at the time, I was a female stockbroker. Sales was my thing. And I was blown away that he didn't say, I want you to assist at the table. He said, I'm putting you in charge. It made such an impact with me because, as I said, we never even met before and there were the days where I was a stockbroker in the days when women were not stockbrokers so my whole forte was sales and enrollments so 
that uh, at that event, uh, what happened afterwards, I was in charge of, of enrollments. This is the first time I'm assisting. And literally, at the end of the event, we would have our meeting with the person in charge of the event, which was Stuart Emery. And he came over to me, and he said, did this one go over to your table? Did that one go over to your table? And I said, yes. You know they went over to my table because you sent them there. And he said, I only knew that if they did get to your table, there was no way they were leaving here with their arms and legs intact if they said no to you. And I was the number one enroller. He, uh, the, the leader authorized me to give sales trainings to the uh, people who assisted. And out of that, my whole life changed. With Michael's discovery of me in sales, I started leading seminars, and of course, my first seminar was all about sales, which I gave to the staff there and then had that be a major part of my life. So hence, just in our meeting, my life changed. Uh, Judy, um, you know how unique he was with you. Did you see it around him of all the people he affected so much in a positive way? Always. My brother made everyone feel special from as far back as I can remember. He just had that unique quality for just um, uplifting everybody. He, he did that as a teenager, and he always had a million girlfriends coming after him, and he just didn't really understand how, you know, what he had attracted in them. He just, it was adorable. They came, he used to do landscaping uh at people's homes, and ten girls would show up to help him with the project. <laughs> he just didn't, he didn't understand. <laughs> he was a, he was well, a lover. Well, with all due respect to Michael, he wasn't extraordinarily good looking. Oh, he was. He, 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 so maybe he, that was part of it. <laughs> He was a regular person, but he had that quality of making you feel ex like the the only person in the world. But I'm just bringing out, it wasn't that he was super rich. It wasn't that he was super good looking. <laughs> but whatever the it factor was, Michael exuded it. Yes. Judy, there was a special bench created after his passing and his honor. Talk about that and your experience with that. Yes. Well, you know, I I was never a truly spiritual person before. Um, I always felt doing to others type of thing, but my brother was truly, you know, feeling that spiritual beings have a human experience. So yes. we talked about the afterlife many times, and I was always skeptical. But from the day he died on, I had, like, amazing uh, experiences, and the first one, I mean, we'll get to the bench in a sec, but um, we were driving to the hospital. My sister-in-law, Helene, had called me in a panic in the morning. Michael's been taken to St. Vincent's Hospital, and we were like, what? What happened? She's like, I can't talk. Meet us there. And so we picked up my mom, and we were driving. It was sort of a dark sky early in the morning, and on the way there, a huge crack of lightning and thunder shook the car literally. And I just said, oh, my God, Michael's gone. And every, my mother and husband were going, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And we got to the hospital, and that was the moment he had died. So I knew something was going to be happening uh, going forward. But um, a few years later, we did, uh, my mom and I purchased a bench in Long Beach. They have the memorial benches. Um, with uh, You would buy one and put a plaque on it. And my brother always just loved the beach. And he would come to my mom's apartment there and just sit on um, these benches looking at the water and meditating and coming up with all of his ideas, just looking at the ocean. So we felt it was really important to um, honor him. And we got a bench and we put a plaque on. I was just trying to remember what it said, but we used to call him Michael Livingston Siegel. I don't know if you remember the Richard Bachman. Jonathan Livingston Siegel. Jonathan yes, Living we love that story. Yes. Michael Livingston Siegel. And um, so we had that um, put in with the plaque with something like, like a seagull soaring in flight. Um, he was a pure delight. And um, we had a little seagull put on his, um, to, in his headstone, also at his grave. Anyway, so we went, and it was a cold day in the winter, and we were dedicating the bench. And we had about uh, just a dozen people there, relatives, close friends. And um, 
as we started talking about him, about 20 seagulls landed on the beach right in front of the bench. And oh, gosh. Not kidding. I have a picture of it, actually. And there was this one plump seagull who stood facing the 20 other seagulls, and they stood at attention, didn't move for the whole, it was about 45 minutes that we were talking about my brother. And when we were all finished, they flew off. And oh, it, wow. It was crazy. It was actually put in a, um, the story was put on, um, Gabe Pressman had a, a show and he interviewed us and they had a book called The Benches of Long Beach. And that's one of the stories that was in it. But it was just another, you know, I always have seagulls landing on my car, <laughs> landing in front of me in a parking lot. And whenever I get a visit from a seagull, I sort of think that he might be visiting. Might be, not even a question of that. <laughs> Uh, I, Michael and I were co-leading a seminar at something called Work Talk, led by Marion Carpin. And oftentimes he'd speak, I'd go to his seminars, I'd speak, he'd come to mine. But this one, we both were co-leading it. And before the seminar started, he stood right next to me, face-to-face, close, looked into my eyes, and he said, Joyce, if I pass first, I promise you, I give you my word, I will connect with you. You will definitely hear from me. I never forgot that because how unusual is that for someone to say to you, not when they were sick, not when anything was going wrong, in great health, but he made a point to tell me that, and I remember it every time I feel he comes to me in mysterious ways. I I feel very connected to him, and I ask him questions and get answers. Um, He's just surrounding me to this day, but nothing like the experiences you had, Judy. You want to share a couple more? Uh, Because they're beyond extraordinary. Uh, Well, they made me a believer, for sure. Um, Yeah, once I was um, visiting the grave, and by the way, now that my mother has passed, um, they share a headstone, believe it or not, because uh, we had to make the decision, as you know, within 24 hours, and um, I had asked his wife, Helene, if she wanted to had to get a double headstone and asked if she wanted to be there. And she said they had a family plot she was going to be in. So anyway, I said to my mom, Mom, you want to be with Michael? And she said, oh, could I please? So I have the two of them sharing the headstone, and it's it's actually a beautiful thing. Um, but one day I was visiting the um, the grave, the cemetery, and I was really distraught. I It took me um, quite quite some time to even just catch my breath after he passed away because it was so sudden and so unexpected. Um, But I was going to the grave and I was playing Andrea Bocelli, who we both loved dearly, and um, the music was on. I'm crying on the way to the cemetery. I said, Michael, Michael, give me a sign that you're okay. And we get to the... um, I get to the cemetery. I went by myself, and there were lots of um, old leaves covering the cemetery, and there was a newspaper stuck in the leaves. Now, uh, my mom had been there the day before, and I know she always cleaned off the, you know, the debris, anything that got on the, um, on the cemetery area. So I see this newspaper stuck in the leaves, and I picked it up, and it was actually a, a sports page um, from the Mets. And the title, the big title above it was Safe Not Sorry. Now, it was about a guy making, you know, getting into home plate, I guess. But I saw, I, all I saw was the headline, and it was in June I went. But I looked down at the date on the newspaper, and it was the day he was buried in March. Oh, my God. Wow. Not kidding. I started to shake, like, I looked around and I go, is this, you know, candid camera? <laughs> That's what I thought. Wow. I immediately called my mom and I said, Mom, you were there yesterday. Did you see any old ratty old newspaper? And she says, no, I always clean the, the area out. And she says, there was nothing there. So that was beyond, beyond understanding unless you believe in an afterlife. As I say, beyond the beyond. <laughs> beyond the beyond. 
I just want to break away for one moment and share uh, that Beverly Nadler is an awesome poet, uh, amazing poet, and she shares with us on just every show uh, something connected to the show. Beverly, you have a poem on self-acknowledgement, because I do believe that's where it starts. Go ahead, please. Um, Yeah, I'd just like to uh, comment on that, because when we can't acknowledge ourselves um, there's a lot of negativity that's going on within ourselves, and it's very difficult for us to really be able to acknowledge other people. And when I say acknowledge, I mean to to give the way Michael gave, with being able to give from your heart that you're truly someone special. And we need to do that for ourselves. It's it's so so important. So thank you, and um, yes, I will share that now. When people don't treat you the way they should and you're not feeling really good, turn on the music and stop the pain. Discover the beauty of life again and acknowledge yourself. When the world doesn't know just who you are and doesn't realize that you're a star, it's time to give up your worries and fears. Just laugh at life and dry your tears and acknowledge yourself. Talk to yourself and let yourself know You are your own best friend. Talk to yourself and feel yourself glow. Good feelings have no end. When a loved one isn't acting kind and this indifference troubles your mind, pamper yourself and have some fun. Look behind the clouds and see the sun and acknowledge yourself. When you think that life has been unfair and you want someone who really cares, It's time to stop your harried pace, go to a mirror, smile at your face, and acknowledge yourself. Wow. When I heard the line, look beyond the clouds, when I do that almost every day, and I'm looking for Michael when I do that. So it's funny that you had that line in there, look beyond the clouds. I look up into the heavens and I say, Michael, let me know you're watching me. And I get some sort of message. Nothing is (laughs) on the level that Judy does. Judy, is there anything else with Michael that you want to share about a personal experience? Because you've had so many well, he, he, I took him, I'm a nursing educator, and I used to be an assistant professor of nursing at um, Adelphi, and he came with um, one day and gave an acknowledgement um, training to the nursing faculty, and it just turned everything around because we're into medicine, 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 and, you know, just the fact that you should be able to acknowledge each other for doing a great job, but also acknowledge the patients for their their you know their pain and what they're going through so um i after he passed and it was only i think about a year later um i had to give a speech at suffolk community college i was working there and um i was the keynote speaker and i put a whole thing about um my brother in there you know about how he just absolutely adored nurses he just he was a patient once, and he said, "Oh my God, you guys are doing God's work." <laughs> and he just, and he was always very proud of me, and, and that always made me feel wonderful. So the whole um, night, I'm sitting up on the stage, ready to say the speech, and I'm really anxious and nervous. And um, all of a sudden, they say, "And now we'd like to hear from Judy Werner." And the second I got up, all the lights went out, and all the electricity went off, and I thought it was part of this. Ceremony, You know, I thought, oh, maybe they're going to do it by candlelight or something. But in actuality, all the electricity went out at that moment. So I had to say the um, speech by candlelight. And I was uh, talking about nursing and the on it. And then the part when I came to, I said, and my brother Michael, and with that, all the lights went on, the microphone went on, the power wow. went and got through this feet shaking like a leaf. So when we were driving home in the car, I looked up to the heavens and I said, Michael, that was really powerful, but please don't do that again. <laughs> and then I from, had the chills I mean, as you spoke. What? I had the chills as you shared that story. Oh, wow. Crazy. It was he he really um for about 2 years after he passed was just ever present ever present 
and we would have like always electrical things happening and fire alarms would go off for no reason except that I was sad and thinking about it. Whenever I was sad and thinking about it, fire alarms went off. So we were in a movie theater. Fire alarms went off. We had to be cleared out. We were in a hotel at 4 in the morning. Fire alarms went off. We had to be cleared out. And there was never a fire. (laughs) I was at a nursing conference. Fire alarms went off. Everyone was cleared out. I go, what's with the fire alarms, Michael? Wow. It was almost all I can say. But after that speech, I said, Michael, enough. And then I didn't hear from him for many, many, you know, months and months and months. And I said, please, just a few more signs. And then I started getting black feathers everywhere I went. So I said, that's much better. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing, Judy, truly amazing. Folks, uh, just to share, for those of you that may be new to the show, we do a show every day uh, from 11 till noon Eastern time. We are broadcasting live around the world. All our shows are archived. Uh, so you might want to tune in to some other extraordinary shows. We have some on the afterlife, miracles, angels, all kinds of things that no doubt would make a difference in your life. And here in her very own words, Beverly Nadler, who's our guest today, will share why you should be listening to us every day. Listen to me. I have something to say about a wonderful way to start your day a way to stimulate your mind and increase your energy, make you feel so good. And guess what? It's free. Weekdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, hear the Joyce, Barry, and Friends show. You'll find it on the Internet, on Blog Talk Radio. This show is upbeat and fun and very inspirational. It's informative, educational, and very motivational. There's the Coach's Corner, great quotes and news. There are suggestions, perspectives, and advice you can use to enhance your life and improve your health, plus clever, simple ways to increase your wealth. Joyce's perceptions and personality will keep you captivated, and her guests from many walks of life will always keep you fascinated. When Joyce and her friends speak, it's like you're in the conversation. This is part of what makes her show so unique, really a sensation. For Joyce's friends are not only the guests you're listening to, they're everyone who is tuning in. Yes, I do mean you. So refer your friends and family. They'll be so pleased to know. And let's make Joyce, Barry, and Friends the number one Internet radio show. And, folks, we do ask that you partner up with us in having that happen. Simply go to Joyce Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, and friends.com. And on our homepage on the upper left is my picture, and under that it says follow. So if you click on that, you'll know about every show, every guest, every topic, so you need not miss any of them. Like, for example, we have world-renowned psychic Peter Marks, who's a regular on our show once a month. And if you're apprised of when he's on, you need not miss his shows where you could call in and get a free on-air mini-reading. I just want to share another example of how Michael's impact on my life really changed my life. Uh, At the time we met, I was a stockbroker, as I shared, one of the first in the world, had a wonderful career as a stockbroker, and being one of the only women in the world to be so, uh, you can imagine the challenge. You had to be ten times better than the men because they didn't expect you as a woman to uh, be a part of that world. At any rate, while I was being that, Michael and I had a conversation. He said, Joyce, you are one of the most fun, outrageous people I've ever known. You should be leading courses in fun, in humor, in outrageousness. And in that split second, the heavens parted, and I thought, well, that's a good idea. I'll do that. And just out of that little conversation, I created my first course, June 1, 1979, uh, the Humor Play Shop. I called my technology Transform. 
Fun Nation. And, of course, you would know that Michael would be in my very first one. And um, I, for many, many years, I gave these courses, seminars, coaching, all that out of that little conversation where he discovered me yet again. Michael's courses were all called The Power of Acknowledgement. So everything he did was based around that. He wrote books. We wrote a book together with Beverly and another person. Uh, but speaking of books and his courses, Beverly, uh, you have one of his books right with you. What is the name of it? And would you share an excerpt from it? Would love to. The World's Greatest Little Prosperity Book. And, and on the cover it says, Warning, this little prosperity book can change your life and help make you rich. But what comes through this entire book is the fact that Michael was an extremely spiritual person. And um, I'll, I'll share a couple of things that I just wanted to mention to Judy. I have a feeling, and it's just a feeling, that one of the things that um, Michael wanted for you, because as you said you weren't particularly spiritual until he passed, was for you to become spiritual through the many messages that he brought to you, which were impossible to happen unless you were tuning into another dimension, the spiritual dimension. So he brought you a wonderful gift after he passed. I, I believe that, yes. So here's one of his, and this is, remember, this is a prosperity book. God wants you to be rich because he can express himself better through you if you have plenty of things to use in giving him expression. Another, that which makes you want more money is that which makes the plants grow. It is fuller expression. What makes you wealthy is richness of experiences and assurance of the presence of God in your life. So he brought this out throughout the book. Prosperity consciousness is the ability to function effortlessly and conveniently in the physical world, having money or not. And then he said, prosperity consciousness. Oh, he repeated the same thing. It was that important. I, I, I put another um, bookmark in there. Uh, remember, you have right now an unlimited number of valuable ideas in your consciousness. Act on one of them. He was always giving people reasons to believe in themselves and in fact he said loving yourself enough to acknowledge how creative you are is one of the best ways to lift your spirits and your income so you see beverly where michael wrote about loving yourself enough your poem on self-acknowledgement fit in perfectly right absolutely and and i did see that um, and bookmarked it before the poem, uh, but I wasn't sure when I was going to share that because, as you know, because you've created it, uh, this show um, is not one that follows any particular format. <laughs> it is what that happens in the moment. Absolutely, all extemporaneous, uh, and just an interaction with my really wonderful guest. Let me go to well, you. Well, let me Judy. share with one last one. When you forget. You are a magnificent, unlimited, all-powerful spiritual being. You disconnect from your divine and abundant, perfect self. Okay, thank you for that. Uh, Judy, let me go to you. You have a manuscript from Michael, non-published, in its original form. Would you share some of the experts from that? Well, um, it's called the Little Empowerment Book, and it has little signs of uh, all along the way and some warnings and things like that. And the first, the first thing on the first page, it says signpost to a heaven on earth, because he always uh, believed we were spiritual beings having a human experience, which I didn't really understand until after he passed. <laughs> so. Um, but you know, things a little acknowledgement goes a long way. Um, and the oh, the one that I absolutely believe in and love is when I believe it, I will see it. And normally, most people say seeing is believing. Well, yes. 
he totally reversed that. And he says, no, 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 no. Things don't just happen. You manifest them. And if you can truly believe it will happen, it will happen. He used to start that with parking spaces, you know, something as ordinary as that. But when I was a young mom um, and I was, you know, just totally stressed out life with little children and crazy schedules, he said, why don't you come up to one of my um, Power of Acknowledgement trainings and see what I really do? Because I used to say, oh, Michael, what are you doing, you know, with that stuff? So I, I made the time. I went for a weekend up to Connecticut, and he had this retreat up there that was um, full of healthy eating and um, total acknowledgement, learning about what he does and sort of having these um, uh, rituals where you would literally be reborn again, um, not in a religious sense, but going through a rebirth in your own you know, spirituality. Well, when I left there, I, was, I never could imagine my brother, my teenage brother, turning into this absolutely magical human being. And the way I saw he just touched people and affected lives also changed our relationship for the rest of my life and, of course, to this day. But um, in that, he used to say, you want something, believe it. And I would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And one day I, you know, in my life was, you know, I I was sort of at a turning point. I literally made a um, collage. He was very big into making collages and writing letters and things like that. So I made a collage, and I put everything in it that I wanted. And it took many, many years, but everything on that collage came true. And it was not an easy task, but it was it was a journey. And I just always have to try to remember that because as the years go by and you get caught up in other crises and other things, you sometimes forget um, just his simple messages um and today's show thank you very much joyce for including me um it's just making me go back to the roots and remember uh why my brother was so special including you judy i always wanted to stay in touch with you you are my link to michael so uh, i really am grateful i appreciate you i want us to stay in touch i want to talk to you more because, as I said, Michael is such a part of me. He'll always be a part of me. And I've trust me, I've lost, like all of us have, many close, close-knit people. But there's Michael beaming down at me. I just see him so clearly. Uh, one of the things you shared would make, brought a big smile to my face, because I know how true it is, about Michael manifesting parking spaces. Yes. <laughs> Uh, when we've been in the car, beyond well, that, he would have traffic clear up. <laughs> he did have a practical side to him. <laughs> yeah, when we were in deep traffic, no worries. Count to five, and within five seconds, the traffic will clear up. And I would laugh knowing absolutely it would. To this day, I think about stuff like that. And I'll, I don't just think it. I'll say it to the driver. I'll say, um, within two minutes, this will all clear up, and they'll go, yeah, right, and they'll laugh. But to this day, I got that from Michael, and it works (laughs) because his power is behind it. But you truly Uh, have to believe it. You have have to believe it. Just say it. (laughs) Well, saying it is an affirmation, you really. It's like proof that I knew this was going to happen. But yes, he was a master with parking spaces and traffic. So it, his his uh, spirituality absolutely took hold. Uh, Judy, anything else uh, in messages? Because you had shared some over the years with me that were all extraordinary, including the ones you already mentioned. Anything else? Well, there was such a crazy thing that happened that I don't tell too many people about it because I think they might want to take me away. <laughs> but Well, um, you're not telling too many people today, just the whole world. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, um, I, I was extremely distraught. You know, uh, we were actually planning my mom's 80th birthday party. And we were on the phone. That was in that March of 1999. My mom's birthday was March 29th. So we were on the phone talking and talking and planning the birthday party. And I got one of those 
call waiting things. And I said, oh, Michael, I can't talk anymore. I have to go. But I'll see you Sunday, and we're going to plan, you know, we're going to have a great time. You're going to stay over. We're going to stay up all night talking. Well, then the next day he he died. And instead of having my mom's 80th birthday, we had his funeral, which was devastating but we literally had the cake that was being made for my mom's birthday and we put a seagull on it and we turned it into a tribute cake to him but that that's not the story I wanted to tell it was just um that christmas after um my brother has, and mind you my brother was bar mitzvah you know we were brought up jewish but um i i go to wherever i can get spirituality so we went to church that christmas eve um, for midnight mass with my friends, and it was a Presbyterian church, and we were sitting in the pews, and I had a red coat on, and I had this pin. It was all like um, crystals, and it was a wreath pin. Uh, somebody had given it to me, and it was very pretty, and I had it right on over my heart, and we were singing, you know, Silent Night, and I was crying, and I was saying, Michael, I miss you so much, and well, then after the service was over, we got up and we went out into the, you know, the lobby area. And I looked down on my coat and my pin was gone. And I said, oh, my God. And I sent my husband, Rich, back to look in the pew and look for it. He looked everywhere. It wasn't there. So I said, wow, it must have fallen off somewhere. Anyway, we went home that night. And I'm getting, um, I'm, I looked in the mirror over my shoulder, and I see something sparkling on the back of my coat. And I take it off, and there is the reef pin, pinned right to the back of my coat. Now, I don't know, <laughs> unless something, I don't know what happened, but I just feel that he moved the pin. <laughs> and, wow. And uh, I... I don't. I can't explain it in the you know in the uh, scientific world, but um, if it's a spiritual thing, I definitely can explain it. So well, you're that, doing a great, great job, Judy. You <laughs> truly, truly are. Beverly, anything else comes to mind with Michael that you want to share? Well, actually, I want to comment on what Judy just said because that is so amazing. He wanted you to know he was there. And he had to figure out some way of letting you know. So, okay, I'll remove the pen. There's probably no way on this planet, on this earth, that you would take the pen and pin it yourself to the back of your coat. That just wasn't going to happen. So he found a way to stun you into the realization, my goodness, you really are there. What I want to say about Michael and about this program, and I want to thank you, Joyce, for having it, so many people are so devastated when they lose someone they love. And certainly we're always going to grieve when we lose someone we love. But with stories, true stories that you have presented today, you and Judy, about one extraordinary person coming back and letting you know, yes, there is far more to this life than what we see here, and that on the other side there are people still there, your loved ones still there loving you. And sometimes they can't get through with their messages. They try, but they can't. What's so fortunate about the two of you is the ability that you have to be open to receive Michael's messages, and it certainly is heartwarming. And I really acknowledge that you created this show. Thank you, Beverly. And I just want to say anyone has that gift, that power, but it starts with you believing you can. Uh, When Judy talked about, what was it, seagulls uh, that came to you, it's funny because my symbol is birds. So whenever I see birds uh, somewhere on a wire somewhere, I say, if you come towards me, I'm in the car driving, we're driving, I say, I'll know one of you is Michael. And then they would come towards the car. I go, not left, not right, come towards me, and that would happen. Uh, other times I would say, follow the car. So I always played with the birds. That was my symbol as well. Wow. <laughs> that is wow. really something. Well, again, my my memory is all of his 
the way he was in life and the the joy that we all had when we got together. Uh, one time we went to a place up in, it was a seminar, and it was in um, uh, not New England, but upstate New York, uh, and we stayed there, and there was some very special things occurring when we were all together, very, very special. It was just meaningful experience, and I know a great deal of it is what he brought because of his soul and his absolute belief in the fact, as Judy said, we are spiritual beings having human experiences. And I guess that Michael decided at, at some, some level that he wanted to continue his experiences in another realm. You know, I think of people who have lost people that have passed, and they're dwelling at the loss, the loss, the loss. I say what I learned from Michael is to dwell on the blessing of the time we had together. So that is what's so extraordinary. I would have rather had that whatever time that there was because he touched me so deeply and made such a profound difference. So people should look for the opening to connect with the souls of the one that left this planet and see what messages there are. And you might ask, how do I know it's really from them? How how do I know that I am connecting with this person? And my answer always is, if you resonate with it, if you feel in your gut it's real, that's how you know it's real. So, Beverly, uh, anything else you want to share? Uh, because you're sharing uh, from the world here and now, there oh. and then, and we shared from the afterworld. I share from the world here, too. <laughs> Uh, I would say that anyone who has a dear, dear friend um, in this life, cherish them because they are very, very special. And when they leave, if they leave before you, hold an expectation that they are still with you, that the, the memories are still there and the relationship still exists. Because it will comfort you. And, you know, in this life, um, there's a lot of difficulties, as we know, and a lot of pain. But friends that are very special and friends that can be with us in this life and the afterlife are a very, very wonderful thing. So I would say this show can make a difference for many people if they would heed that and realize that life does go on this is this is not the end this particular lifetime someone told me about a um they attended a funeral and a rabbi was giving the funeral and he held a rope and the person who told the story was not jewish by the way but she was at the funeral and he looped one part of the rope and he said this rope is infinite it is, your, it is the life of the person that has departed. And then he unlooped that one lifetime. He said, this is only one lifetime, but the person is on and on and on. And she was so impressed with that. And if we could think in those terms, it will change our relationship to our, our this life, to the fears and to looking at things with such um, anxiety. There's less of that when you recognize that, Really, our lives are endless. Uh, Beverly brought up the point, you know, that you uh, can tap into it as well if you're open to it, if you believe. Uh, I just want to share something I wrote because I do believe there's so much information here, even if you're a non-believer, because these things did happen, you, to be open and to connect with your loved ones. And I want to share this poem, If Not Now, When. Joyce, Barry, and Friends, the number one worldwide Internet radio show. This poem, an original by yours truly, is entitled, If Not Now, When. We are giving you the education. We are giving you the information. 
We are giving you the motivation. We are giving you the inspiration. What you really need to do is to put this into application. Do you want a transformation? You must use your imagination. It might take some perspiration. It's all in the preparation. You must really be sure there is no procrastination. It helps to have a fascination and very strong determination. You want a positive demonstration, achieve success in the administration. It really is the time. Give each show your consideration. What is your aspiration? What do you need for stimulation to get healthy and off that medication? To get wealthy, it's your destination. So make today the day for your participation. If you do, congratulations. If not now, when? So my goal for you folks out there listening, for those that you miss so very, very much, tap into this show uh, and and realize that if we can do it, you can do it too. Uh, It is a gift from the universe, but you have to be open to receiving that gift. Uh, Judy, your uh, final words and message for our folks. What message do you want to leave them? Well, Thinking back to some of the things my brother did, he actually went into prisons and worked with, um, gave them hope and acknowledgement um, and uplifted them. He went all over the Middle East trying to create a peaceful world. He he was just so extraordinary. I mean, he worked with friends who had cancer and imaging, trying to get rid of the cancer out of their bodies. He was truly um, an amazing person. And he was my my brother. He was like, I couldn't believe that he had evolved in such an amazing person. But what I think also happened to him, he totally had so much on his plate and so much he was giving that I think just like the Aborigines, he just went to a rock, he went into his chair, just sat there and let his spirit leave because he had done all he could on this earth. And I think the rest of his work was was beyond earth. I really do. Oh, Judy, uh, you are so special yourself. Um, the apple falls not far from the tree, and on the branches on the Wyman tree, it's really amazing and extraordinary. Uh, Beverly, what message do you want to leave with our audience? Well, I want to tell you the unique experience that I've been having is seeing, literally seeing Michael with a huge smile, shaking his head, obviously loves this program, and saying, good job, good job, good job. I don't know if he ever used that terminology, but that's what I'm hearing, that's what I'm seeing, and my entire body is in a state of vibration. And I see him right in front of me as well, very, very clearly. And Uh, hearing his laugh, (laughs) the best laugh in the world. So anything else, Judy? I just want to go back to you before I wrap it up. Well, just that um, thank you very much, Joyce, for um, giving me the opportunity to share my memories with you. And uh, when I do that, it just sort of brings him back into my life. So I appreciate that. And thank you, Beverly, for your kind words and your insights and um, just uh, I know he touched so many lives, and um, I'm glad you were part of it. Me too. And, Judy, what I want to say to you, you're saying to share the memories. Much more important than that is you shared your brother. So I have to thank you for that. And, folks, uh, I want to conclude with this special prayer I wrote for all of you. May yesterday be the last day, the very last day of your struggles, your suffering, your ill health, your misfortunes, your problems, your pain, your worries, your troubles, your trials and tribulations. May today be the first day. It is the first day of the rest of your life. May it be the beginning of the very best of your 
your life with extraordinary wishes granted and dreams coming true. Make this the most meaningful year of making more money, good health, good luck, good fortune, attracting special people and opportunities, creating magical memories, and manifesting marvelous miracles. And folks, thanks for being with us today. We now invite you to sing along with us, dance along with us, and laugh along with us. And you can do that right here, right now, to the Joyce Barry Mash. Thank you, and God bless you. I was listening to Blog Talk Radio when my ears heard something that I did know. From the speakers of my laptop, I heard a voice. It was the White Oprah, also known as Joyce. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. Joyce Barry mash. She is a coaching smash. He did the mash. You'll catch on in a flash. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. I felt so inspired by her show and her poetry was just so good you know i want to listen to joyce again and again as joyce would say if not now when he did the mash the joyce barry mash joyce barry mash she is a coaching smash he did the mash you'll catch on in a flash he did the mash the Joyce Barry Mash. Wow. Joyce knows all about having fun. Wow. She's a home business wizard and she's just begun. Wow. She's wow. a coaching sensation for not just me or wow. you or her. It's for everyone. Then you can mash. Do the Joyce Barry Mash. Joyce Barry Mash. She's a home business smash. Then you can mash. You'll catch on in a flash. Then you can mash. Do the Joyce Barry mash! Wow. <laughs> wow. Have a fantastic day wow. and listen to Joyce Barry and friends. Wow. <laughs>